Hello, everybody. Welcome to potentially a very weird episode of Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this might be the first of many weird episodes. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, because none of you could possibly know, I have a baby strapped to my chest taking a nap right now. That could end at any moment. Momentary, momentito. Spoilers so. ahead for Ahsoka episode three. Yep. Um, unless you're into that, case enjoy that. So, time to fly. It's called. Now, last week was Toil and Trouble, which I gleaned was because of the witch being in it for two seconds. Sure. This one because they fly sometimes. Which so is true I, about damn near every episode. Yes. I have not f- picked up on the themes for the naming of the the episodes. The uh the next one, I think, episode four is far more on point uh with Spoiler. the name. Well, I haven't told you what it is yet. So I mean but I don't I don't really know yeah. what this one means. That's all right, though. So this one starts with uh, uh, Sabine. We we run in on her training with uh, Huyang. And it's funny to me because this dude is like hundreds of thousands of year old, years old, right? He's very old. Yes. Yeah. And we are a far cry from the five years it's been since Luke trained. Now, probably a little more than that. Then Luke trained with the one little floating orb shooting at him. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, the, it's, he's cool. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, nearly 20 years living in the desert, Obi didn't exactly have a ton sure. of Jedi training tools. Resources. I, I never understood why they didn't start training Luke at like 10 years old. Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll just let him become an adult. Well, which his aunt and uncle didn't want him to, right? I don't know that they really had a say in it. I mean, I know that's, that Obi... That's a good point. Like, Obi was probably just like, hey, look after him, but uh, I'll be back. Yeah, I mean, like, and Obi-Wan did express to Owen and Baru, like, there's going to come a time he's going to have to be trained as a Jedi Knight. Yeah. We should do the just FYI, like your your custodians, effectively. Yeah, but anyways, but it was cool. That's like they, that's how they wrote it. He's telling her to do certain strikes, and then he like sees all of the, and analyzes. It's just it's cool tech. It's just you know a, a limit. Just uh, they should have a word for this if they do. They might, but like where technology didn't exist back then in the movies because we just didn't have it. But like. Now we do have better technology, so the world gets to advance far beyond its years. Yeah, it's uh, it's always been interesting because it's like, well, you know, people will make the argument like, well, how come, you know, Obi didn't use those things that Huang yeah. used with Sabine? And it's like, because we could not invent them to put them into the show. Right. Like, just can you... Technically, I mean, like, it existed. We just couldn't not... show it to you. It's not a hundred percent reality, folks. Like, can we? Yeah. Can you can just keep it at eighty five percent? Yeah. So here, 
he, she's training and uh i like yang because yeah. he's just he's as honest as a robot right where he's just like <laughs> these are the facts i'm sorry no i'm not even sorry it's just this is it what do you what do you want from me <clears throat> and uh ahsoka comes in and she's like how's it going and he's like terrible it's like why you got to be that way it's like well it's true what's the problem with being it's it, i'm right damn it <laughs> which is very much a robot thing right where it's just like i did not take your feelings into account because i do not compute them yeah whoever programmed him was like tact no we don't need any tact <laughs> yeah. yeah that's we're fine without it so then ahsoka comes in and she's like let's train where you can't see me sure you know, and we get the quote from Sabine that's almost exactly what Luke says to Obi-Wan, which is like, well, with the blast, with the visor down, how am I supposed to fight? Yeah. Like, that's I, almost word for word. Yeah. New hope. Which, it's good to know that they could be making a callback, but it annoyed me. Okay. Because she, Ahsoka calls her a Padawan, yeah. which I believe is specifically used for practitioners of the Force. Yeah, you're a you're a Jedi. You're training to become a Jedi Knight. Right. Like you've, right. Been, you've been accepted as an apprentice. Which, from I think I'm going to use the term Jedi loosely when it comes to Ahsoka from now on. I think at least after this episode, but they've had to have conversations about what the Force is and what the Force does. And Sabine has been around the Force long enough; she has to have a good idea of sort of what it's about. And so to be like but I can't see with this thing on. It's like, yeah, that's how the force works. Yeah. We know this. I get it. Like it's a thing for lay people. I don't know. Or, but it's just like, you knew what you were getting into because you and I have been doing this for, I gather some time. So it's just, it's just when they go back and should do things like that. It, it annoys me. I understand. Um, I think, I think they do that as far as the story writing is concerned to catch the viewers who may be their first experience up. Like, so my just kind of mirror your frustration. Like I am always frustrated when there's a new Batman movie that comes out and we have to explain why his parents got killed. Yeah. Again. Right. You know, it's like, okay, this is the literally like the ninth time I've watched Tom and Martha die. Right. So can we maybe not this time? It's cool. Yeah. But um, um, you got to keep, I guess you got to introduce everybody somehow, right? Yeah. But I don't know. It just makes her, it just makes the character seem less intelligent than I think they are at yeah. the, you know, at the whim of the writers, you know, the benefits, sure, people that don't maybe necessarily know what's going on. But I think there's a way to do that. Like she could have been like, I've tried this before. I can't feel anything, whatever. Instead of just like, well, what do you mean? I now I, you know, she just looks. I think they do the character a disservice by doing it that way. Well, I think your point is a good one. Thank you. My, I have a similar frustration mm-hmm. with the way that they're. If I have a if I have a frustration with the show, it's that Sabine has shown completely zero force potential whatsoever yeah and even and the more that i watch it the more i think that they are 
what I think they're building to is like seventh or eighth episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's she's going to do something with the force and everyone's going to go. Ugh. Yeah. Or whatever. There's, there's like a moment. There's a cool moment where a, they're, they're having cups of what appears to be an alcoholic beverage. Maybe just water. I don't I know. Would, I would imagine it's a tea of some kind. Okay. That All right. I got a sake vibe from sure. it on account of the where. Anyway, yeah. and like a, they're talking the force, right? And Ahsoka is just like, you got, you know, you'll, you just got to learn to control it. Everything has the for- that whole deal, you know, the force is in everything, blah, blah, blah. And then she like force pulls the cup very slowly to her hand, yeah, which is cool. And then Sabine kept trying to do it. She like had a moment where she's just kept trying to concentrate and do it and she failed and I was sitting there thinking, like, do I want her to be able to do it? Do I want to see a wiggle or do I want her to not even ever be able to do anything with the force in that way? I'm I really find myself struggling with that same question mm-hmm. because I don't think I want non force sensitive people to be able to access and utilize the force. Right. It's, and Sabine, I like so the question for me this whole show through these three episodes have been is she force sensitive or not? Okay, you taught her how to use a lightsaber. I would imagine that requires some force sensitivity. Okay, um, you're going through the you know, you put the visor down on training. Yeah. You know, and it's and she there are moments where it looks like they are actually dueling and Sabine cannot see her. So it's like, how are you doing that? Yeah. So it's like, and, and like she even mentions Ahsoka mentions like, sure. It's quicker to do it through frustration and anger, but that's right. not the right way of doing it. So it makes it sound like now, I mean, I don't know if you just flail about with, and you know, someone standing relatively close to you, you're going to swing at them yeah. sometimes. Right. So like, is that the force or is that her just sort of. So as much as I think I've been kind of like waiting for like the cup to wiggle yeah, or reading into some of the other things that have happened so far in this series. Yeah. I I'm pretty, I'm pretty firmly in the Sabine cannot access the force camp right now. I am too. Yeah. But I wonder if like, does Ahsoka believe that everyone has some access to the force just by merely being a part of it. Like my DNA and LeBron James DNA are far different, far different. We can both play basketball, but one of us makes it look far better. Is does a far better job than the other. So it's just sort of like by having that genetic makeup that makes us somewhat like I can play just by being, you know, on planet but like he is leaps and bounds above it right to go back to a sports analogy like you like yeah well they're fantastic so (laughs) but you you've hit the nail on the head it's like the thing like the way that you were put together and the way that he is put together are just fundamentally different things and because of that you are capable of things that he can't do most likely and he is capable of things <laughs> that you cannot do very yeah. obviously. Right. So like, and like, I do feel like there is a dividing line here. Like there, it has never been a question 
that the force resides in all living things and is present basically in the makeup of everything mm-hmm. that is that has you know right in everything it is in everything there has always been in the 46 years that star wars has been a thing you have to be able to touch the force you have to be force sensitive you have to hear the will of the force in order for you to be able to consciously manipulate it to do what you want it to do in any capacity and i don't understand why now they've decided to be like let's open up this pandora's box of not really yeah it's it's always been a two-way street we've just never shown any example of a well, non-force sensitive using it i wonder i wonder if they're playing on because the only couple of things i know about ahsoka is she left the order and basically in their disgrace mm-hmm. and so that that what i think about that a lot while we're watching this and i'm wondering if ahsoka just fundamentally changes how she feels about force users and it's not necessarily that everyone has access to touching the force but we're all made up of it so maybe she's trying to like use that and she mentions uh hearing is like she's never going to be a jedi and she was like i don't need her to be a jedi i need her to be herself so maybe and she comes from she she comes from very tribal family now she left when she was fairly young i believe teenager yeah okay teenager so she still grew up with their traditions beliefs everything right yep and they were very nature oriented i i gleaned from the seven minute video about it right so maybe she's just like look we're all connected i have and i have more ability to touch it because talent is a factor as she mentions but like we all have it and being able to touch it or not even touch it but just sort of like hear it has to do is a deeper commitment maybe she just believes if you devote more time it's going to be easier for some people but if you devote more time or or anything like one could get these inklings or feelings from it it's hard to disagree with that based upon the way the the show has been set up as to way how ahsoka probably feels yeah and yet I, I think to myself, that would be like saying, like, I was raised in whatever tradition and just like, just think the opposite of whatever I've yeah. always been shown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's such a leap to me. That, so like, if we went back and like, re- like if they, if Star Wars came to me and said, Drew, we want you to write this season of Ahsoka, here's what we're thinking. Oh, and Sabine Wren is going to be Ahsoka Tano's Padawan. Yeah, I would think. Okay, the way that I'm not going to the way I'm going to try and explain that is not that everyone, even if you're not force sensitive, can learn to use the force. Mm -hmm. I would I would want to say it's something like, oh, she wanted structure, discipline. Yeah, something else to help her better at like completing this task of finding Ezra Bridger that she set for herself. Like, and this is the way that we're going to do it. And for that reason, Ahsoka has decided to train her but they are actively trying to get sabine wren to use the force as a non-force sensitive person Mm -hmm. and i i'm really enjoying the show but i am not enjoying that you're you're worried that 
that it's going to happen. So here's my here's my thought. My thought, my my worry and concern is not that we will have a bunch of new characters or people who are non-force sensitive learning to use the force. My concern is the opposite direction. We are going to take the fact if this becomes canon. So, so let's say she makes the cup wiggle, right? Yeah. All of a sudden now there is a reason for every non-force sensitive character that's ever been in Star Wars, any time that they did something extraordinary or like heroic or whatever, yeah, what you can make now is the argument that the force has been acting through that character and they have accessed the force unknowingly. And the character that I think is going to exemplify that if they do decide that you can access the force as a non-force sensitive is Han Solo. Like Han Solo would have your worst nightmare. Well, so like I've mellowed on Han Solo a little bit, but huh. what my concern would be is that say we say we jump ahead two years, yeah, and um, you know, maybe we have a couple more characters who like Sabine are learning to use the force. Like the force basically picks like a nexus person who like sure. is a tipping point who then you know, Han Solo basically was like, never tell me the odds. And then like, he would fly into a asteroid field and not die. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, he's got a guardian angel or quote unquote, the force just looking out for him, or he's subconsciously accessing the force, even though he doesn't know how to do it. And I'm like, now the force has become a win now button for everybody that's ever been in. Right. In the canon. And it's, I, I recently, cause I have a four year, I have a three-year-old nephew. We recently watched the Incredibles. Mm, yeah. And like uh, the bad guy in the Incredibles was like, I'm going to create technology that makes everybody just like a superhero. Yeah. And then everybody will be if special. Everybody is, nobody is. Right. And if everybody is super, then nobody's super. Right. Yeah. And I, I am getting that vibe. I mean, yeah, I could see. I could see Ahsoka just being like, look, I was a Jedi. Some of yeah. them ain't that great. So I'm going to look for things more important than just being able to touch the force or being right. sensitive to the force uh, to align myself with when it comes to being a Jedi and character is more important than, than uh, just being able to touch the force. And so I am going to focus on that part and train people. And and that got me thinking like, couldn't society have benefited from allowing others to go to the Jedi Academy that weren't force sensitive? Like, because yes, combat is a whole thing. Um, you can't use a lightsaber. I understand that that is a benchmark in today's Jedi. Uh, but like, I don't know, teaching them level headedness, how to think through problems, um, centering yourself, meditation, just being calm in situations. Don't let emotions control your decisions. You know, I would, I would want, uh, my military force to go through that. I would want my police <laughs> force to go through that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think as a, as a whole, like, yes, you, you won't ever carry a, a full fledged lightsaber because you'll cut yourself in twain and then that'll be it. But like there are other, com there are other combat styles or other weapon styles that could have been, but like, I know that the, the lightsaber and the f using the force are the most flashy and in your face parts about being a Jedi, but like being a good Jedi 
or even a great Jedi has nothing to do with any of that. Right. So I agree with your assessment there. So like the, and I think that like, so some people, some people have been kind of like, where's the softer side of Ahsoka in this, in this show. She's typically been like jovial, uh, upbeat, happy. Oh, sure. Back when we, when she was a kid and then when she was a teenager. right? Yeah. And so like, and so, you know, that's that's life, baby. That's part of my argument is like, and, you know, and now I'm thinking like, well, she's full, like she's a, she's a full grown adult. Seen some shit. I very much get like Obi-Wan Qui-Gon vibes from yeah. her now. Like yeah, that yeah. wise and serene monk kind of a feel. And um, don't know where I was going with this. Yeah. I mean, sure. She definitely seems jaded. Um Oh, right. Um, You know, and like that type, like reaching that level, like being in the culture for that long has helped her get to where she is now. Yeah. And you're right. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that you, to get to that point, you don't have to be force sensitive in order to become like that kind of like stoic person who's calm in front of danger, you know, that type of thing. You can to some degree you can learn that and i don't mind that that's what she's trying to teach sabine yeah but don't make the cup wiggle right because yeah yeah you know and so i do think that a lot of other people non-force sensitive people in particular roles like the police force that you mentioned yeah could have benefited from some kind of educational like jedi outreach <laughs> program or what you know whatever the case might be yeah what you know, in, in certain instances, like say the Clone Wars, the Jedi might teach a band of rebels something sure. to fight against the Separatists or what have you. But those were extraordinary circumstances, you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe society could have done with a larger dose of just some type of exposure to that culture. Yeah. They decided for whatever reason they decided not to do it, whether it was not logistically possible or they didn't think that it was appropriate for some reason. I don't sure. know. I mean, I get to an extent, right? Like I can't just be like, Hey monks, what's uh, what's going on over there. Can I dabble? You mind if I just sit in on a audit, this uh, meditation course, this prayer course, right? Right. That's, that's not how, that's not how they work. But like, I don't know. It just seems like um, when you're intergalactic, is that the, when you when you reach across the galaxy intragalactic there you go then uh you're kind of a bigger deal right like it, i don't know and i i just think that i think that i don't want sabine to ever be able to do anything with the force but i would love if this whole um you know you don't have to be force sensitive to follow the ways of the jedi thing i wouldn't mind that especially from her cuz like i think it's or, or someone says like uh you didn't come tells ahsoka like well you didn't come to the force through the normal means either or you know come to be a jedi through normal means either right yeah you have a long history of non-traditional yeah. masters yeah, yeah. exactly so like i mean her master was freaking darth vader right he was <laughs> not not at the time certainly um there's an interesting parallel so uh mothma is back mon mothma 
She does a great job. She's now Chancellor of the New Republic. Chancellor of the New Republic, but it's great that they sort of showed these parallels that we've seen from um, the Empire and stuff, where it's like logistical red tape, uh, the uh, po- politicians make the decisions, but they don't do the fighting. Right. Which uh, Sindula was quick to point out. Yeah. Um, you got to kind of feel for Hera here because the there's a senator that she's kind of at odds with yeah. um, about, you know, and like, here's my thoughts on this conversation between the two of them was Hera's basically saying, hey, can, can you give me like some assets for five minutes? Yeah. So I can go check this thing out. Yeah. And like the senators are like, no, there's like no immediate threat. The empire's just a bunch of scattered whatever. And I'm like, the price that of what you have achieved now is yeah. that you are vigilant yeah. so that it doesn't return. And now you're ignoring you. That. You talked your parents into getting you a puppy. Guess what? You got to take Now care you of have puppy. responsibilities. Yeah. That puppy relies <laughs> on you. Yeah. You know, and so. I mean, this is taking place in the middle of a fleet that they have prepared. Home One, right. which was the ship that was, you know, Admiral Akbar's on. It's like, it's a trap. Like, that yeah. was his ship. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're on that ship. You know, they're surrounded space, by... They can get there relatively quickly. So I don't... So once again, I have no idea how to gauge time travel. Like, True. In Star True. Wars. Because so many times it's like, let's go to hyperspace. We're there. But a lot of people are, I think ever since like the video games, because you did a lot of cutscenes and dialogue in yeah. hyperspace, you'll remember. Oh, yeah. And they do that here now where yeah. you, you just see the light trails going and they're having a conversation and stuff. Yeah. So they're just like, well, we got to make it longer now. But it's still, long you need it to be. It's still, yeah. I, and they come in and they're like, there's all of these senators and they're like, um, so we found we found a rogue cell of Empire sympathizers. Um, we worried about that, and it's always concerning when immediately someone is like, "Nope, no, we're not. It's fine." There's that one instance we, you know, we made them take loyalty oaths. You know, <laughs> we told them to say they weren't, and they said they weren't. You know, and like she's talking, yeah, exactly. And she's Hera is talking to this group of senators, and she's like, BT dubs, I just came from Corellia. Yeah. Where those people, like, she says something like, I like long live the empire wasn't the kind of loyalty we were going yeah. for. Yeah. Year, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the senator, whoever, who was like, no, it's not a problem. She answered the question before she said that, which was, but we have them everywhere. Right. We have these people that used to be a part of the empire everywhere, which is basically like, do you have any idea the paperwork that it is going to take to get this in- investigated? Who's got the time? Yeah, there, there, there was certainly a, I can't be bothered with this right now. Right. The red tape vibe is, yeah. is the whole thing, right? You know, and Hera comes from like uh you know her history with like in the rebellion and prior to that yeah. was we just got to go do this ourselves you know like we got to yeah. take care of this right now and she had the freedom to go do that and then you know in rebels she was very much like a canaan her love and her romantic partner jedi knight trained ezra bridger 
was like there were times where he would advocate for less centralization like we need to take like we can do this ourselves we don't need to check in with the rebellion we were doing fine on our own before we hooked up with these people yeah and and harrow was the voice that was like we are part of something bigger now we're not going to achieve what we want by ourselves we have to be a piece of something that's much larger and this is the frustration with that is that you can't go wherever you want, do whatever you want, whenever you need to do it mm-hmm. because there's this red tape. Yeah. And she gets pretty frustrated and calls, calls the, some of the, one of the senators out on it in a pretty, what I would call yeah. spit in your face kind of manner. Yeah. Um, Was it when she was like, Oh, well, I'm sorry. Where, where did you do your fighting? Yeah. Did you fight in the war? Yeah. Senator? Oh, just waited to see who would win. Cool. And then she's, yeah. You know, she's like, I grew up fighting. Left I would like hanging. to make sure I don't have to. Yeah. She's uh she's pretty badass. She's great. She's a fantastic <laughs> character. Yeah. And she, she was great in Rebels. And I like the job that um Mary Elizabeth uh, Weinstead is doing with the character. Yeah. Obi's husband, I might or Obi's wife, I might add. And uh she and Ewan McGregor are married. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they have a kid together. And um the guy Danny. that plays the guy that plays Wedge Antilles in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, who's like Luke's X-wing buddy, yeah, um, that's Ewan McGregor's uncle. Oh, okay, that's so. Cool. There's a long history of like the McGregors in Star Wars, but the my frustration with this scene was that um, even though I'm happy that Mon Mothma's back and the Genevieve O'Reilly who plays Mon Mothma does a great job with the character, yeah. even like little small blips, like cameos yeah. like this. Yeah. Is that she doesn't seem to have the, like the power, or just the gravitas to be like, go ahead. Right. I'm going to cover you on this one politically. Right. Go check this out. If it's nothing, it's nothing. No problem. And if it is, it's all upside. Cause now we know we have, we have a problem we have to deal with. And what are you working on? What right. like, like, and that's just it. And like I, you have expressed like a desire to know more about like what's going on with yeah. the people of Star Wars. Like this seems like one of those questions that we should definitely ask if it's so important. Yeah. So like, here's my theory. Senator asshole that doesn't want her to go off and yep. check on this. Not really a, not really a new Republic senator. Imperial sympathizer is my yeah is my guess like we have seen now many times well a handful of times that imperial loyalists in the new live action tv shows are actively trying to subvert any action yeah that is that the new republic is going to take that is going to you know detract from what they're trying to accomplish and like every time that the good guys get stopped trying to stop the bad guys i'm going to be like okay who's trying to stop them okay you're probably a bad guy right you're not just you're not just some political you know flunky or whatever you're actively trying to subvert something positive and i i'm wondering like because mon mothma she was really good at like sussing out her allies in andor Mm -hmm. and everything so i wonder if she's trying to do that still or if she's blind to it now in the old eu prior to disney acquiring lucasfilm the New Republic's problem was that they did not have their their leadership was effectively compromised. So, like, yeah, in the beginning of the prequel trilogy, there's that guy that's running the New Repu- the Republic, Chancellor Valorum, and yeah. like 
Palpatine is like, no one, all the bureaucrats have power. This guy doesn't have any power. We should we should call for a vote of no confidence. I get the feeling that that's the same position that Mothma's in now. Yeah, is that she owes so many favors and like it, it took oh, right. so much to get to get here that she can't effectively govern. Like she's got to continue to make deals to keep people happy and like. Yeah, well, I put you here, so yeah. Just once like, though, I would like the the mole to not be someone who's a dick. I mean, right? <laughs> the role of the mole really opens itself to people who are quite dickish. Yeah, like the two, they're those two are high on my suspect list now. The the one that's like, no, we have resources. We need we need those resources elsewhere. And the other person who's like, no, there's no there's no sympathizers. Yeah, like if it could be somebody who's just like, we got to weed these guys out. They literally just shot at me. It was like a whole factory yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might add that the um, the engine that was stolen that Ahsoka was trying to chase down in Corellia yeah. the previous episode, yeah, that is from a super Star Destroyer, not just a regular Star Destroyer. I read that on Wikipedia today. Okay, so that is a significant. Engines are as big as they get. So, how much time you got? I have maybe. Shorter. Minutes. Oh, okay plenty of time oh, i know it's <laughs> but we, i don't know that we even need that um so there's uh ezra and thrawn are yeah. interesting sides of the same coin and everybody like during syndula's uh plea with the senators she's like hey i'm worried about thrawn and they're like hey you just want ezra back Right. And it's like, um, well, that is something I like, but I'm scared of this other thing. That's the oh. whole, that's the whole thing. It's a wonderful and, fringe benefit. And, um, at the end, yeah. uh, back when, when, after, you know, Sabine and Ahsoka survived with an awesome space fight, by the way, oh, it was really, it was really nice. Yeah. Um, there's this look where um which is basically like sabine is super happy that ezra could be recovered and ahsoka is super worried that thrawn might come back or or that thrawn is going to be a part of this right like there's just this look that's given where um sabine is smiling and looking happy that it's when Huang was talking about the purgles that yeah. they finally officially introduce about how galaxies are combined or are, are connected through the migration of the force whales purgles yeah and so there's just this look that sabine has which is like this might work and right. ahsoka's like fuck this might work that this is the worst news we could have gotten yeah yeah so it's just interesting how there's a couple different perspectives of this one event that was used against Sindula, and then like master and padawan have conflicting thoughts on what's going to happen neither that... is wrong right but no, no. <laughs> one of them is wrong <laughs> i mean as far as their motivations yes correct right so here's the thing. 
these two are working toward the same goal for fundamentally different reasons. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned them. Um, Ahsoka is in this to prevent Thrawn's return. Sabine yeah. is in this to accomplish Ezra's return. Yeah. Those two things cannot both happen. You cannot get Why one. not? Okay. So here's Wait, the well they can happen, right? It's just not going to be good. So if you if you right now there is no way to get from where we are to where they are. Right. Okay. If you get one, that's the game. That that is loss. You have yeah. lost that you have you have not accomplished what you needed to get. Here's the thing. If you were to ask Ezra what they should do, like say you could call him in this yeah. other fucking galaxy. Yeah. He would be like, Don't come get me. We need to keep this guy away. This is I have, you know, we have, you know, there's a zero sum game here. I've I've checkmated Thrawn. We're good. Don't undo what I gave my life to do. Pretty much. Like he has he did this a long time ago. It's not what yeah, what what do they think they've been doing? Right. Just right. like guys, hey Thrawn, we straight up stranded, man. Oh uh, yeah. Let's just hang out and see what happens. You want to like move in together and <laughs> just kind of wait it out? Like, what are you what are you thinking, man? I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like, hey today we both have the same problem which is surviving we're gonna work sure. together but ron doesn't seem like a good teammate i think he'd be an excellent teammate the problem is like do your interests and his interests align because the minute <laughs> they don't he's not a good teammate anymore if i sacrifice my teammate i will win right that's thrawn yeah. Thrawn, you're a pawn on the board he gets yeah. to move the pawns around so long as you're useful to him, right? You can trust his, yeah. You can trust his actions, but the second that you can't, like if a bear attacks both of you, and you're the one with the sword, yeah. he's gonna help you kill that thing, right? And then eventually he'll probably try and get that sword from you. I think that they, it, you know, eventually we're going to meet Grand Admiral Thrawn and hopefully Ezra Bridger because they've cast people to be in those roles. So yeah. like, I. I think it would be interesting if there's kind of like this res earned respect, not quite partners, but not no longer yeah. mortal enemies kind of yeah, a vibe yeah, yeah. between the two of them, because that might lead to peace. You know, that, that might, that's the kind of bridge that you need in order to have, like, we need to sit down and talk at this table. Everybody else either fears me on Thrawn's side or respects me on Ezra's side. Yeah. And we can get all these people to sit down and work their differences out to some does Thrawn come up seem to be some sort of person that wants to work anything out with anyone? Well, I, I think it, once again, it depends on his motivations in the old EU. Yeah. He, he joined up with the empire to pre because he felt that there needed to be a government and an infrastructure in place to defend against a, an enormous threat that they were all going to have to deal with at, at some point that yeah. affected everybody, including his people. Mm -hmm. so he was happy to work with the empire to try and make that a reality because ultimately that advantaged his people to be safe in the long sure. run in the new eu it's there it's more murky his yeah. reasons for joining the empire are different and so i think like i don't know that what his 
I think that the new Thrawn, the, the new canon Thrawn is something is someone that's like order is important. We need order. Society functions best when there is a very clear delineation between what is and is not acceptable. Yeah. And he tries to accomplish that through um the military. Like that's how he decides that what's gonna what's gonna happen. But uh, I don't. I don't know what's going. What his motivations are in this because we don't have any real backstory. I haven't completed the the trilogy of books that he's introduced in, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see. But one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. So we see those giant force whales, Urgle, which is pretty awesome, and they look a lot like whales. I mean, with tentacle things. Yeah, instead of like them. instead of like a tail, like we would have whales, they have yeah. a series of, for lack of a better term, tentacles. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're kind of like the front half of them is a blue whale, and the back half of them is kind of like a squid. Yeah, and you know, I, there's so they get to where um, this giant. I is I can't remember what they called it. Yeah, I Sion. Uh, and there's a whole fight with them, and it starts out with both of them trying to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabine's on the guns, and she's you know she's like, "You changed my presets," and because uh, I didn't need them, so they were both just like trying to do their own thing, right? And then there's a moment where it's like, "Oh no, we must work together," and then it's like, "Well, what do you need from me?" I, I'll support you and you can support me. And then they survived, although they did almost die and there was a space fight. But so that like shows sort of the what their relationship growing and so a little bit and there's trust in there. So here's what I think it shows. So there's a there's a I'm gonna use an, another example here real quick to highlight the highlight what they're doing, but like in there's the series of books about Darth Bane. Who is the progenitor of the rule of two that the Sith follow? Right. And um, at one point, the Jedi learned who this guy was, and we're like, "Well, we can't let this guy walk around doing this stuff. Go kill him!" And they sent a hit squad to go take this guy out, basically. And there was like six Jedi, and Bane and his apprentice Zana are, you know, trying to you know find more power or whatever. And then the Jedi pop in, and it's like, "Okay, here we go, fights on." And one of the guys that the Jedi sent is just not a very strong lightsaber duelist. He just happened to know where they are, and he kind of, like, guided them in. Oh, yeah. And so he's got his lightsaber out, and he's trying to help. He can't. He's not very good at this stuff. and It's not where his talent is. And, uh, you know, he's fighting along or whatever, and, like, the guy that he's fighting along with against Darth Bane is like, oh, man, this guy is just the worst. You know, he is frustrating every attempt that I have to try and take down the Sith Lord. Sure. And the Sith Lord's picking up on it and playing us off against one another, and it's, it's a real problem. And so then, you know, over the course of the battle, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets a new dance partner, and this other Jedi Master ends up fighting with this terrible lightsaber duelist. And instead of trying to get him in order to do something that is beneficial she played off of what he was doing and opened up a whole new bag of tricks on darth bane and bane was like well this shit is unacceptable (laughs) 
And yeah. and this I thought about that when I was watching nice. this scene because it was like, as you said, why don't you go get on the tail gun? Oh, I'm missing everybody, these six little kind of nifty yeah. starfighters that they've got. And um, no, we're not having any success. Okay, we're gonna flip the script yeah. instead of me dictating what we're trying to do or us working at cross purposes. You tell me what you need to be the most effective, and I will make that good. Yeah, you know, I will set you up to succeed. That's what leaders do. Right. And so, once Sabine, once Ahsoka kind of allowed Sabine to quarterback the situation, yeah, they started to have more success. Yeah, and eventually, you know, got out of there with their lives because the, the odds were not in their favor. Once. No, I do want to mention one thing about uh shin hottie who is the uh apprentice of Baden mm-hmm. school i don't i have not seen that actress blink once oh that's interesting i wonder if that's her thing when she is so we're going to talk a lot about these two next episode bt dubs okay cool a lot probably the most of the content is going to be about these two because there's a lot Good. going on here but i get super predator vibes from this chick yeah especially in this starfighter scene because yeah. her, she doesn't blink and she's just on them and she's yeah. just constantly constantly attacking and um we're gonna get a lot into why um next episode but i'm just there for it <laughs> i think and like i this is the kind of thing i think a lot of people might miss if they're not looking at the yeah, the yeah. Show if they're just watching the show and been like, "That's amazing," you know, but they're not going out there and like looking for like why the characters are doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just a whole another oh, world. She ha- she hasn't blinked. No, she does not blink. That's and, really cool. Yeah, and now it's something like I've gone back and started watching some of the other scenes that she was in up until this point. She just doesn't blink. Like she's just so unbelievably focused. Like it's yeah. kind of crazy. But yeah, there's uh they get away and there's this cool fight scene where Ahsoka goes out in into space and uh holds off the starfighters while Sabine and Yang cuts one down. Forth. Yeah. I mean unbelievable. Huyang didn't wake up until after it was all Sabine. Yeah, that's true. It was all Sabine. Good call. Yeah. And then they land on the planet which the trees are the exact shade of their ship. And I was like, that's, that's useful here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, their ship isn't yellow, you know, or whatever. Turn off all electronics. Pretty. Yep. Hide. Even, uh, even hang. Right. That was a, that was a callback to an early clone wars episode where Anakin and, and Ahsoka were running away from uh, Grievous's giant ship. Yeah. And um they tried to hide by turning on off all the power. Yeah. And uh they left one droid on and the, then the ship was able to zero in on the energy signature of the droid. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, oh, they, she learned her lesson." Uh yeah, and he was like, "Uh no, we don't need to do that." And she's like, "But it's protocol." And he's like, "Yeah, you're right." That's, yeah. He wait, doesn't like it when his logic's used against him. Yeah. So, definitely uh overall though it's good i'm excited to see the next one yeah i think that you uh i think you'll like it yeah i should probably check it out 
I like where they're going with it, though. I'm I'm interested to see. I feel like Thrawn. I want Thrawn to show up soon. I don't want to do the thing where second to last episode, Thrawn gets here. Last episode, Thrawn's defeated. I think that you'll be. I think that we're getting pretty close. I don't yeah. think that he'll be in much of the show. Yeah, next season. Well, so like I I did see on Twitter that apparently season two has been confirmed. Oh, okay. That's so. Cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Now we'll have to a resolve the writer's strike and right. Get all of that good stuff uh, taken care of. Yeah. But, um, you know, that stuff's going to get resolved at some point in the future. And Ahsoka has done well enough with audiences. I think that it warrants. Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to green light another one of these. And like, hopefully, they a had a plan in case season two was green lighted and B they have the actors and actresses on board because Lars Michelson is a fucking boss of an actor. <laughs> yeah. And I, I cannot wait to see this guy get some actual screen time. So, cause he's coming back. Yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way, shape or form that this, this season ends and grand Admiral Thrawn does not return. No. Just, doesn't seem possible that would be that would be upsetting especially because the buildup is all for him it's sort of like some movies are like don't let him get all four all four rings and then they do for like two seconds and it's like right oh, okay i'm gonna we're gonna have to go here in a minute unfortunately yeah. it's a yeah, quick yeah. episode this week but i do want to foreshadow a little bit yeah next episode we're going to be introduced to something that we really have not discussed because you have not watched oh. rebels yeah. And I'm really interested on your take on it because um it's a very interesting inclusion in Star Wars and the way the force functions. And Interesting. we're going to need we're going to there's going to need to be some time to to discuss <laughs> it because it's it's an absolute banger of an inclusion. It's a good little tease for everyone. <sighs> Yeah, I think I don't think that there's going to be any doubt um, as to what I mean and what I'm foreshadowing when you watch the episode. Yeah, but I don't think that they do a very good job of explaining what the inclusion is oh. in the episode. It's a callback to something we got more information about in Rebels, but it's I think it's probably the direction that the quote unquote the Force is headed in the storytelling okay i might have to watch it now then it well uh when you get done with it text me because <laughs> i'm dying i'm absolutely dying <laughs> well uh, i think we did it thanks yeah, everybody absolutely. if uh winkle if you want to email us uh, in case you forgot it's mediocre conversations at gmail.com and until next time may the force be with you <laughs>